Good morning, everyone. As I told you yesterday, we have in the semester the paper titled Literary Criticism and Theory Part Two, which is, I think, divided into five modules. And uh, uh, I thought I'll take a uh, feminist criticism and eco-criticism for you. And under the title feminist criticism, you have a lot of terms there. And an essay by the famous feminist uh, Alain Showalter. I thought the essay was um, feminist criticism in wilderness, just like your seniors. But there's a slight change. It is an essay towards a feminist poetics. And... Uh, before I start the essay towards a feminist poet poetics, let's re revise the concepts that we have studied in uh, our undergraduate classrooms, that is BA final year, fifth semester, methodology of literature. There we had uh, a section called feminism and uh, there we have studied the evolution of feminism, major writers of feminism and how feminism has evolved into a more uh, um, incorporating term called the gender studies. And um, um, when uh, you have um, when you have gone through the uh, syllabus that you have um, here in the semester, you might have seen uh, uh, a handful of uh, authors, the names of handful of authors like Virginia Woolf, Kate Millett, Alain Walter, Helen Sizzo, and Adrian Rich. These are the names given in your syllabus associated with feminism. But as you know, feminism does not start with these terms. And feminism starts the moment one realizes women's inequality in society and try to find a solution. The terms that are given here are those that starts with 1900 and most of them like Kate Millett, Alliance to Walter, Helen Sizzo and Edrine Rich are associated with the second wave of feminism. So I should tell you about the origin of feminism, the first, the three waves of feminism, post-feminism and gender studies you have if you have noticed you have black feminism and Dalit feminism also in your syllabus uh, what is feminism let's start with Mary Wollstone feminist lit I'm talking about feminist criticism not feminism by the way uh, since the title of a paper is Femi uh, Literary uh, Criticism and Theory, I have already told you, I have shared this idea many times in classrooms. Uh, what you study as criticism is entirely different from theory. What is the difference between criticism and theory? In the previous semester, that is um, when I uh, uh, taught you uh, of Fry, um, uh, we had T.S. Eliot and other writers. Then Northrop Fry tells you. Northrop Fry himself uh, says that, uh, sorry for the interruption, by the way, uh, says that um, 
वॉच पीपल टॉक अबाउट देयर प्रेजिडिसिस देयर इंटरेस्ट रिगार्डिंग राइटर्स इज नॉट क्रिटिसिजम राइट वी हैव सीन दैट आइडिया इन द प्रीवियस क्लास दैट इज जस्ट शेयरिंग देयर आइडियाज नॉट वॉट यू कैन कॉल सॉलिड क्रिटिसिजम सो वॉट इज literary theory and how was it different from criticism literary criticism um when you take literary theories for example you have um starting from structuralism onwards structuralism post structuralism deconstruction uh, feminism uh, marxism eco criticism you have cultural studies cultural materialism etc etc post colonialism etc uh you understand that all these movements started not as literary genres or rather i would say their intention was not to find how uh, individuals were treated how characters were treated in literature or how they were represented in literature they were all real life movements isn't it marxism never intended to tell you that uh, there is class struggle in the literature uh, written by um say for example the tsevsky or uh, russian writers like leo tolstoy or balzac marxism was totally aimed for another purpose it's an economic uh, philosophy marx himself uh, says that philosophers try to interpret the world we try to change it the base of marxism is economics when you apply it as a theory you find that it is interdisciplinary right and uh, uh, take a feminism for example as we have uh, discussed now you have a lot of sociological ideas related to feminism in post colonial studies also you have ethnographic details you have culture etc etc in post colonialism which means what you study theory was not intended for a literary purpose in fact literary criticism comes as one of its uh, major functions it is not uh, the the only purpose of theory i hope you understood this idea and it's a cross cutting discipline it takes its ideas from many many other disciplines as well do you understand the difference between literary criticism and theory okay let's move back to uh, feminism feminist criticism and uh, you know about the major uh, right, uh, struggles that women led for equality for example uh, you have a uh, right to education right to property suffragette rights etc etc movement etc uh, where women wanted their uh, role as equal to men clear but in literature it said that it is with the uh, publication of the vindication of the rights of women in 1792 you know the author mary wollstonecraft and in this book she discusses the male writers like milton pope rousseau and again in 
you have Olive Schreiner's book Women and Labor. In 1929, you have Virginia Woolf's book A Room of One's Own. All these writers were talking about the unequal treatment towards women who seek education and uh, who try to leave other than the expected norms and conventions like marriage or motherhood. Then another cornerstone in the history of feminism is Simon de Beauvoir's The Second Sex, which was published in 1949. And uh, uh, this book has a very important section on the portrayal of women in the novels of D.H. Lawrence. Don't think that Feminism was uh, solely concerned about uh, uh, women writers who talked about women's equality. There are other significant writers as well who uh, tried to uphold the rights of women or tried to unravel the feminist traditions in uh, literature. For example, you have John Stuart Mill's The Subjection of Women, which is published in 19, sorry, 1869, and uh, yes, Frederick Engels' famous work, The Origin of Family, which is published in 1884, that talk about women or the place women hold in society. Um, so, why do these names appear in your syllabus? What is so relevant about the names given in your syllabus? The answer to that question is uh, the second wave of feminism, which um, actually uh, began in 19, uh, 19, let's say 1940s. Uh, usually in uh, criticism books, you find that feminist literary, I mean, second wave of feminism starts with the uh, 1960s. But I believe that it was after the uh, two world wars. Feminist literary criticism, uh, the second wave of feminist literary criticism appeared as a result of the thinkings of uh, post-structuralist and uh, uh, Marxist. Do you understand? So, uh, even though you find that in literary books that the feminist second wave of feminism is in the 1960s, I would like to say it started in 1950s itself. And what is the peculiarity of the second wave of feminism? Do you remember? The first major concern of second wave of feminism is to unravel the images of women in literature. Isn't it how women were represented in literature? And how should we find an alternative for this? And uh, how should you question the authority of such characterization? Do you understand? The second wave of feminism was concerned about the representation of women in literature. But they wanted alternate perspectives regarding the representation of such women in literature. Plus the, uh, the other alternatives, the solutions to combat their, uh, uh, their limitations, I would say. And this movement is very, very crucial as far as literature is concerned. And feminist criticism, as we use the term today, can be considered, considered as an offshoot of second wave of feminism in a sense. Because they were the incorporation of many ideas from other disciplines as well. 
that we will find later now two important terms associated with feminism is are uh, conditioning and socialization uh what do you mean by the word conditioning when women are told from their childhood onwards girls that you should uh, talk in this particular way you should uh, write in this particular way not write not writing at all you should behave in this uh, certain manner you should dress in this certain particular manner you should walk like this etc etc and uh, this is how you should be able to uh, 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 uh serve your role in a family and society do you understand and these two terms uh gave rise to other three terms in uh feminism that is feminist female and feminine stages what do you mean by a feminist stage have you heard of the writer toral moy feminist writer toral moy explain um, explains that feminist is a political position female is a matter of biology and in the third section that is feminine it's a set of culturally defined characteristics you should be able to distinguish between these three uh, stages and we have uh, studied the feminist female uh, feminine feminist and female stages isn't it in literature in the i'm sorry in feminist literaturism in the previous semester not uh, in the previous semester uh, in the undergraduate section but this uh, fascinating description is given by the writer toral moy feminist is a political position and you say that i'm a po- uh, i'm a feminist you are taking a position isn't it female what do you mean by the word female female is associated with your body biology and what is feminine that's where we come to conditioning where we are accepting things defined characteristics given to us by the society right this is the feminine uh, idea of a woman now uh you have a description of these in catherine uh, belsey's essay the feminist reader if you want more um, um, uh, ideas regarding this you can refer the feminist reader by catherine belsey and jane moore so what about the representation of women in literature the representation of women in literature should be understood as one of the important forms of socialization because it is here you get models role models which says how women men should behave and what do you mean by the word feminine and masculine what are the feminine goals and aspirations isn't it let's take the example of uh, for example jane austen's characters pride and prejudice um uh not anger abbey etc etc persuasion isn't it recently i saw the movie the adapted version of persuasion persuasion uh, as a movie it's very enjoyable 
and you uh, you see that how the victorian women were characterized all through this movie or uh, the novel how they should behave they should uh, uh, they should not uh, express their love if it is against the uh, family uh, preferences etc etc do you understand even though the characters are in love if the family does not approve of their relationship they should remain silent and um, even though uh, there are many chances to defy the family norms women are not supposed to do that there is another movie called i am jane i think it's i am jane um no becoming jane and if you have time please do watch that movie becoming jane and in that movie you know all through her life she remained as a spinster she didn't marry jane austen and it talks about i don't know whether it's true or false whether it's associated with this a true reflection of her uh, biography anyhow there may be since it's uh, it's an uh, entertainment uh, cinema is meant, meant for entertaining audience so there may be elements of fantasy in the movie anyhow even though there were chances for jane austen to accomplish her love she does not she is not ready to do that because it is against the wishes of her family and women were considered as the upholders of family tradition isn't it of morality etc etc the notions associated with femininity and feminist points out that later in okay so again sorry for the interruption i had a call from uh, first year uh, uh students so okay uh feminism what as a role of feminism and uh, these feminists point out that in 19th century you know very few women work for a living they did not go for jobs and uh uh you may be asking me what about housekeepers yes because they went to job because of their utter necessity unless they are driven to jobs by this dire necessity they never went to jobs and the complete attention of women was on the marriage partner and this marriage will decide the social status of women and it would determine the happiness and fulfillment of life send it if she is not ready to marry she will be considered as something lacking do you understand and uh, uh, the society will uh, will uh, uh, spread the news that there is something wrong with this woman she will be treated she will be always viewed with suspicion by others in family as well as society this is what happened in the uh, 19th century and early 20th century in 1970s the major effort of feminist criticism was to expose the machinery of patriarchy date the cultural mindset in men and women which perpetuated the sexual inequality 
and as a result of this a lot of critical attention was given to books by male writers of the period and how they constructed the typical images of women and in order to establish their uh, arguments they resorted to the uh, polemics of um, uh, psychoanalysis or post structuralism but in 1980s uh, the approach of feminism changed the first change was it became feminist criticism became more eclectic what do you mean by the word eclectic as i told you uh uh it started to incorporate largely incorporate very deeply incorporate the postulates of other disciplines as well and secondly it switched its focus from attacking the male version of the world the first and foremost job of feminist of feminism as the early feminists believed was to expose the representation of women by male writers and to attack the male writers for this job and uh, what happens when you go on attacking a particular person naturally you'll become a victim of your own ideology isn't it which means you cannot survive with the other it's just like the two sides of the same coin you want someone to attack to attack send it not to be attacked to attack and this uh, sort of a thinking was abandoned by the uh, feminist of the 1980s and they started to reconstruct this is very important they started to reconstruct the ideas of female experience what were laws they tried to find out uh, they tried to find uh, they tried to attack the canon of literature and uh, find out writers early women writers who did not come to the limelight who were forgotten who were not considered as writers etc etc and as a result of this it's a continuation of the second point thirdly feminist criticism started to create a canon for women's writing and that you can see in the history of novel and poetry elaine shaw walter is a very important name connected to this type of feminism and she uh, in 1970s um uh, coined a term called gynotext gynotext as opposed to androtext do you understand in 1970s there was a shift from androtext to gynotext and it was aline show walter who coined the most important term associated with feminism gynocritics what is androtext androtext are texts written by men books written by men gynotext text written by women and what is the aim of gynocritics gynocritics intend to study gynotext but gynocriticism is a broad field and uh, she says that gynocriticism uh, gynocritics are interested in the history styles themes genres and structures of writing by women the psychodynamics of female creativity 
the trajectory of the individual or collective female career the evolution of laws of a female tradition so the first term in your syllabus is explained gynocritics i repeat the subject of gynocriticism are the history styles themes genres and structures of writing by women the psychodynamics of female creativity the trajectory of the individual or collective female career and the evolution or laws of a female literary tradition and chawalta also talks about a feminine face in literature in the history of women's writing feminine face she says is from 1840s to 1880s and in the feminine face the women writers imitated the dominant male artistic forms or standards now in 1880s to 1920s she uses a term called the feminist face and feminist faces was a was a radical face and uh, she says uh, there was total separation from the uh, male writers and in 1920s onwards from 1920s onwards the female face starts and in the female face feminists were looking particularly at female writing and female experience just like uh, what we do in our school classes isn't it when we were children during lkg and ukg we have we had male boyfriends send it if you have studied in coed and we try to imitate like boys we try to do things like boys and in uh, from fourth standard fourth fifth and sixth um when you say that i have a boyfriend i or i have a girlfriend when i was in school we didn't even talk to boys boys are considered as our enemies when we were participating in quiz and all teacher would divide the class into boy section and girl section and boys were considered considered as our enemies and the third phase that is the female phase i'm giving you the example please do not write it in your examination paper uh it's like uh, you know what you are your identity will be established you're not imitating you're not uh, uh fighting with them do you understand when you have your own identity established naturally there will be attraction this is a third phase of feminism um and yeah this is about uh feminist criticism generally and now we will come to the text towards a feminist poetics i think uh, for the time being this is enough and uh, we will move on to the uh, text in the next class please this is just an introduction to feminism and uh, we will uh, talk about the major writers like kate millet or adrian rich in the next class when i start the essay towards a feminist poetics okay so please hear this and you are you have uh, your discussion time till 12:30 if you have any doubt please feel free to contact me okay bye